everybody. This is Marketing Management and Money. I'm your host, Ryan Owens. I'm your host, Ryan Murray. This week, we will be talking about small business thresholds. And well, okay, what do you mean when you say thresholds? Exactly. So it's as an entrepreneur, I think a lot of us look at obstacles that we approach or issues or problems, whatever you want to call them that we approach, not necessarily as something that stops us from what we're doing, but something that we need to push through, right? Okay. And so we're looking at thresholds from the standpoint of an entrepreneur and or a small business. Okay. But can I also add a piece to that? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes there's this piece that we've got to push through this obstacle that we're trying to overcome, but there's also moments in your business where they're like defining moments and they yes. they really change the game yes. dramatically. Yeah. You know, like the, these pivotal moments. And so when we get into these thresholds, these are obstacles, these are pivotal moments, these are things that really are changing the way, yeah. the rules of engagement. Yeah, and if you have come across these and pushed through them or gone over them or surmounted them, overcome them, whatever you want to call it, if you've passed through any of these thresholds, you can be super proud of yourself because a lot of these thresholds, or I'm, I apologize, let me step back, a lot of individuals that approach these thresholds, especially the very first one, uh, a lot of people that approach these stall out and they stop and they get scared by them and they won't push through them. Yeah. So let's dive into it. Uh, small business thresholds. The first one, my favorite, moving from non-entrepreneur to an entrepreneur. Okay. So entrepreneur gets all sorts of connotations. Sure. I, yeah. I mean, everyone, and, and, and I'm going to throw out your favorite term here, you know, okay. I've got a side hustle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Uh, and and y y you know who uh, who my favorite side hustle is? The little girl down the street who babysits. Because that's yeah. technically a side hustle. Sure. I don't know that I'm going to go so far to call her an entrepreneur. Touche. It's, you know. Entrepreneur in training? Maybe. I mean. Baby entrepreneur? So so when we say entrepreneur, what, what are you referring to? What in your mind, when you say move from okay. non-entrepreneur to entrepreneur, yeah. let's, let's, let's get on the same terminology because sure. there's a lot of semantics out there. Yeah, that's a great level of clarification. So what I mean when I talk about somebody who is moving from non-entrepreneur to entrepreneur is generally an adult, five foot six, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, 32 years old, blood type, no, I'm just kidding. So uh, no, a non-entrepreneur is somebody who works a nine to five job, right? They, okay. they wake up, they go to work, they know exactly what they need to do. They have job functions and duties. I mean, maybe not all the time, but they have that quote unquote security of uh, a daily position in a company that they don't own, mm -hmm. right? They have no ownership in, no stake in, they have no risk other than don't screw up and get fired, <laughs> you know? So, so, and. I even want to expand that a little bit. I have a okay. good friend of mine who his wife, she's a successful nurse. Okay. And they decided that he was going to be the one staying home with the kids. Very cool. They've got, you know, uh, four young kids. Yeah. And they, you know, they wanted him to be home. And so she's she's the one working the daily grind and he's staying at home. Now he's talked to me a couple times about wanting to launch his own business. Mm -hmm. And for him, it's not launching away from the nine to five. It's yeah. trying to figure out how to manage all of the household. You know, yeah. his kids are kind of at a pivotal yeah. age. And, and so, so when you're saying nine to five, that's kind of just encompassing all, you know, your day to day, 
routines that yeah. are keeping you from launching. Yeah. Uh, my, yeah, I apologize. My stomach just sank right there because I realized that I totally ignored this whole segment <laughs> of of individuals who add immense value to our society by taking that leap right mm -hmm. into entrepreneurship. Um, but that's a big job, right? Staying at home. That is a job. Sure. My mom taught me that, you know, if you're a stay at home, mom, dad, whatever, you're the CEO of the house. Like, uh -huh. That's your job. And it is a job. Uh, and, and so, and it's hard oh my gosh. to run a business because I have a lot of people. So, you know, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of different startups Yeah, and there's kind of this belief that, oh, if all you do is stay at home, then it's easy to go launch a business. <laughs> and I had this lady one time. <laughs> Tell that to my screaming <laughs> six year old. <laughs> So I had this lady that she uh, she bought an engraving uh, company. Oh, yeah. Okay. And her husband worked full time. And so the idea was, well, you're at home all day. You can run the company. No big deal. Yeah. And she was so busy. And she did this for about three years and then finally decided that she couldn't keep up with all of, you know, the demands on both sides. Mm -hmm. And so she sold her business and, you know, I helped her in that uh, process of selling the business. And when it was all said and done, she came to me and she said, you know what I did? I'm like, I no, I, I don't. She's like, I scrubbed my toilets. It's like, you know how long it's been since <laughs> I've gotten in and scrubbed my toilets. She's like, I'm so busy all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, Ooh, but real? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's yeah. what this is all about, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, somebody who's going from they have their job, right? Whether that be in an office or at home, <laughs> and they move into this this next stage, this other realm, right? It really is another realm because it's something that isn't understood by everybody, and not everybody goes there. Sure, and so. Going from non-entrepreneur to entrepreneur is a big deal. And that's why it's my favorite is because the vast majority of the time, and I've seen this on people's faces when they, when they move into this realm, you like, you can see this kind of a switch happen a lot of times. It's like, they close their eyes, they take a deep breath and they lean into it, right? Mm -hmm. They just go for it. Yeah. And, I and that's not to say that like, that's the day that they start doing it. You know, uh, plenty of business owners or small business owners, kind of make that transition right and that's why it's but i can't even say the words but, 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 <laughs> it's but, a side hustle right <laughs> <laughs> because you're 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 working uh and then you start this thing on the side right and but so when i'm talking about going from non-entrepreneur to entrepreneur is okay i'm gonna switch you know fl flip the tables here the, the side hustle is easy yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. I'm working full time and I'm just doing something on the side, that's yeah. easy. There's no stake in it, right? right? It's not like my livelihood depends on this, or I'm I'm ignoring my children for this. And I I like to call it Disneyland money. Yeah, because I, I've got a <laughs> like lot that. of people that they're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm a I'm I'm a wedding videographer, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Is that what you do? Well, I just do it on the side. Yeah. And this is, you know, I've been doing this and, and every year I take my kids to Disneyland off of the money that I make yeah. from doing this, you know, yeah. wedding videos. Yeah. And, and I look at that and I'm just like, okay, in my book, that's a side hustle 
not necessarily owning a business and being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Oh gosh. If any one of our listeners can come out, please, for the love of everything good and holy, come out with a better term other than side hustle. <laughs> I will bow down to you. Oh my gosh. That's um, your own pet peeve. I, the rest is, of us are is. okay. Here. Okay. I'll take a breath. <laughs> All right. So, so, so where's that threshold? Where's that point at which it's difficult yeah. to say, okay, my, my side hustle, I, yeah. my business is doing well enough that I want to do more with it, Yeah, but I don't have the time because I'm spending 40 plus hours a week mm-hmm. working for someone else. Yeah. And I get what you're asking. I don't think that there's one def- definitive pivotal moment that exists for everybody. Right. Uh, that's kind of a different space for everybody. And, yeah. that, and that looks a little bit different for everybody. Yeah. But it's that point where you have these butterflies of nervousness and excitement. You're so thrilled that you're to this point, but you're scared out of your mind because this means if you, if you lean into that, it means that all of a sudden this goes from Disneyland money to I'm risking some real things here. It becomes real really yeah. quick. Like if and this doesn't work, now, then uh Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to rant here for a second. Sure. I have seen so many people that they go to some sort of motivational conference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that if you put your mind to it, you can do anything. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Last yeah. time I put my mind to flying and jumped off a cliff, you know, it, not everything is just a mental game. It's not a question of are you dedicated enough? And, and I think yeah. that so many people – and so – I've seen a lot of people, and I'll tell you what, I have seen firsthand people get divorced over this, people lose their homes over this, and it's it's this idea that, oh, I'm so committed that I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to give it all up to make my business happen. And I'll tell you, there is wisdom in having temperance and patience and doing it when the timing is right. The people who do it right, they they kind of hold off. They hold back as long as they can until their business yeah. is like bursting at the seams and they're mm-hmm. like, okay, now I'm ready to take that leap. But yeah. those who are like, I don't even have a customer, I don't have a pre-sale, yeah. and mm-hmm. I'm going to quit my job, and if my wife doesn't support me, she doesn't love me enough. Yeah. And I'm not even exaggerating here. I mean, yeah. this is oh, yeah, this I stuff know. I hear all the time, and I'm like, oh, don't do that. Yeah. Bad move. Yeah, there's... So the first example is, you know, you're pulling back that slingshot, and you're putting as much tension into it as you can for a number of reasons, one of which... So in my case, it was... There was definite fear there right Uh it was like i'm pulling back on this not because i'm hoping to go further but because (laughs) i don't want to go yet (laughs) yeah i'm praying that i don't come off the ground yet um but the the other thing is that uh, that i've seen uh and this is the second example that you described is the mentality of commit now figure it out later that's a huge mistake and that's not what we're talking about here right that's not like that's not smart if you, if you haven't vetted this thing, if you haven't taken time to look into this and really strategically approach this thing, and, and whether you're, you're documenting things in an Excel spreadsheet or not, you know, a lot of people will just do 
their own market research naturally. They'll they'll account for their own sales naturally in their head. They don't mm-hmm. have to put it down on paper, but it's still taking the necessary steps to approach this in a, in a correct way yeah. rather than being like, hey, I, uh, I printed this off uh, the 3D printer and now I'm just going to take it out and sell it. I quit my job and... <laughs> I went to the bank and I got a small business loan and, (laughs) you know, that's a completely different story. Right. So, you know, there's, there's a definite smart way and a dumb way to do that. But, and that's kind of what we're talking about in moving into that entrepreneurial realm. This is like, you've done it right. You know, you're, you're crossing that threshold into something amazing but you're only able to do so because you've done it right. And that's where you can be proud of yourself. If you're an entrepreneur, sincerely, I applaud you. You have done it and it's awesome. And you should be congratulating yourself. Go out and get a piece of cake. You've earned it. (laughs) You know, and when we're talking about doing it right, it's not necessarily like a lot of the stuff that we're talking about is we're trying to eliminate the known mistakes, the known pitfalls. Yeah, being an entrepreneur forces you to innovate, and you've got to kind of blaze your own trail in many instances. So it's hard to know if you're quote unquote doing it right. Yeah, but there are a lot of times where you're just like, okay, I know that that is wrong. I know that that is dangerous territory. Yeah. I know that that's going to get me into trouble. So I want right. I want to talk about kind of the next threshold, and that is this uh, threshold of okay, so here I am. I'm an entrepreneur. I finally branched out. I'm doing this and I'm ready to hire my first employee. Yeah. I, I've got too much work or it doesn't even have to be your first employee. Honestly, you, you cross this threshold with like your second, third, you know, sixth employee Mm -hmm. is every time that you bring someone into these small startup or, or it doesn't even have to be a startup, but just a small company, then you're, dramatically changing the dynamics here yeah exactly and and it's it's a scary proposition you 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 can't afford to bring someone on you know you can't pay them what they're worth the talent that you need you can't afford but you can't afford not to bring someone on and you know and i've seen people that they give away a bunch of equity early on because they're trying to get some talent in Mm -hmm. or you know they they, they, they start trying to structure deals and make things happen. It's it's a tricky thing. Like, again, I don't know the right answer. I know some of the things not to do. And one sure. of the things that I would say at this threshold is beware of giving away equity early on in the company. If you can hold Absolutely. your own equity, man, hold on to your own equity. Keep that. That's, that's value. That is your stock in the company. Yeah. And have someone... I don't care if they've got advanced degrees. I don't care if they've got 20 years of expert experience. They don't have what you have. If they did, they'd go do it themselves. Exactly. That's exactly what I was just going to say. So every entrepreneur out there that's doubting themselves like, well, maybe I, I feel like I do need to give away equity because I need this person. No, they need you. Yeah. Don't be scared of hiring an accountant. They should be scared. Uh-huh. Of oh man, what if I don't get this job? Yeah, you know this is a cool startup. You have something great here. Yeah, don't give it up. Yeah, and honestly, again, and going back to the other threshold is, I think it's really smart 
to push this beyond the comfortable limit. Mm -hmm. Go farther than you think you can go without that employee. Make it super uncomfortable and then bring them on because at that point you already know what you need them to do. But if you bring them on prematurely and then mm -hmm. now they're they're really expensive to the company yeah. and you're trying to figure out what to have them do and you're like, oh, I know I need help, but it's going to take all this time to train you. And you know yeah. they can't yeah. read your mind. They don't know what you need. Yeah. You know. And you said something really important there is if you push past that point where – you know, uh, I'm really struggling with this and I really don't have time for this. If you can push that past that point and you get to the point where you know what you need them to do, uh, the, the thing that I want to point out there is that is being aware of what it is that you're doing in that point. Because I think it's, it's easy. Well, not easy. It, it happens more often than not that entrepreneurs, small business owners push past that point and then they hire somebody and it's just like, well, just do everything, you right. know, do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It's like, whatever I need you to do today, you just do it. Yeah. And, and people don't think that way. Right. <laughs> it's hard for even people that are stoked to come on to a startup because that's another breed in and of itself, right? Right. Employees that don't want to go work for a huge corporation, but enjoy working for a small uh, mom and pop shop, family owned one man show kind of a, a, a small business. Um, it's really, really difficult to have that work out if you don't have a specific set of things for them to do. If you're just firing at the hip, go to this today, go to that today, hire a high school kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or outsource. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I I'm yeah. going to back you up on that hire a high school kid because honestly, I wouldn't recommend that for most startups. Right. <laughs> I know you were just kind of joking, but I think yeah. you need to clarify uh, there in today's market, the freelance market online is huge. Yeah, I don't think people realize it. I, I don't think they do at all. I don't think they realize. You know, one of the biggest positions that is outsourced today is the CFO. And, you know. That's insane to me. Yeah. <laughs> people are like, wait a second, CFO, isn't that an absolutely critical function of the business? It is, but you can outsource it. Mm -hmm. You can get someone who has extensive experience, get them at a fraction of the cost because they're only working for you when you need them. You're not yeah. trying to fill in the gaps with everything yeah. else. And right. so that freelance market is huge mm -hmm. and you can get a ton of benefit out of, out of freelancing or contracting with people that's going to save you some money. It's also going to allow you to vet because if I freelance with someone and they don't work yeah. out a month later, I can be like, okay, contract's over and I'm with someone else. If I hire someone and they don't work out, ooh, ooh that's harder know. to get rid of, harder yeah. to smooth that over. Yeah, right? it's challenging. Yeah, so you can take these uh, outsourced positions and, and really leverage them to make your small business a better small business, right? Because you don't need like, kind of like you mentioned, you don't need this, uh, CFO with multiple degrees and, and tons of experience to help you run your small business. You only need one or two key fundamental elements of that. And they can give you that, like you said, at a fraction of the cost. Yeah. yeah. So that's a little nugget there, you know, look for different ways to, to do things, especially in today's day and age. Yeah, yeah. Take advantage of technology. Smart businesses have always leveraged technology to their yeah. behalf. They don't right. chase technology. Right. They leverage technology. Right. 
Yeah. So the last one that I want to talk about uh, is the threshold of going from a home based to a storefront. And this one is kind of interesting because it's not necessarily a threshold that I think you inherently have to cross. The other ones, yeah, you know, if you're going to grow at some point, you're going to hire, you know, an employee or at least contract out some labor. At some point, you've got to decide if you're going to push beyond, uh, you know, a side hustle and, and really make that happen. But this one, you can run, you know, a million dollar business out of your bedroom. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, you know, this is the kind of the first time in history where that's really been, you know, wide scale feasible is, yeah. is, is to be able to do that type of business. But for those who are looking to transition from, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, the home-based business to the storefront, I, I want to share kind of a funny story that happened with me. Sure. Right. So, I had been doing business consulting for about three years at the time, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, I'm getting pretty good, right? Yeah. And uh, I decide that I'm going to branch off and do my own marketing company. And so I I put it all together, you know, put the plan, had a partner that I was working with, uh, you know, I still keep in contact with him today, great guy. And we decided, we're like, okay, time to launch. And... For some reason, I was hell bent on having an office space. <laughs> and it's and official. It's official. Yeah. yeah. In my mind, it's like oh, you have dude, to have it. You have to have an office space. So you're so vain. I know. I know. <laughs> and so I went out and I wanted to keep my costs down. So I ended up grabbing it was kind of a weird, weird little space, right? Cardboard box. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That would be weird for an office. <laughs> Shut I, don't, up. I don't know how you did that. That's weird, man. All right, so that's it for the episode. No, so uh, so I end up I end up getting this goofy little office space, and I'm all excited about it. And about two or three months into this, uh, you know, we're just sitting there by ourselves. Sure, and yeah. we're like, nobody cares. Why am I spending this money? Yeah. And, you know, so we, uh, that, that, that business actually failed miserably. Uh, I lost about 20 grand on it Ooh. and yeah, it, uh, you know, for, for, for a first time out of the gate, I'm like, okay, you know, I'll admit my mistakes. Um, I went and did it uh, again, you know, a couple of years later and I'm just like, okay, I'm going to launch this time. I did it for under 200 bucks. I did it all out of my home and you know every single year it's growing and growing and making money nice and so you know the point is is it's like i never necessarily needed this really cool office space to make me feel good and the amount of money that i was dumping into it was part of the reason why we had to shut down is it's like look you know we're just uh, our expenses that wasn't the only expense but you know our, our expenses yeah. were just getting out of control we were a startup we weren't doing well you know so i i just I, I guess that threshold of do I need a storefront? And if I do, man, it's a big jump. Your expenses just, you know, they skyrocket as soon as you go, you know, to that storefront. Yeah. And I think a valuable lesson there is really, really be aware of what's actually important, what you really need versus what you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't need a brand new cell phone to run your small business. Right. You know, you don't need a brand new car. You don't need a brand new 
laptop or office or or whatever it is mm-hmm. be aware of what's going to make your small business run better and yeah. that's not necessarily new and bigger and uh, more yeah and, and so i guess just the big takeaway here is to say when you come across those thre- thresholds because you will and there are several yeah. other thresholds out there when you come across those thresholds be aware of what you need versus what you want and push the limits a little yeah, bit. Yeah, be uncomfortable. Be uncomfortable. Yeah. And you know, you're you're going to be more successful the the longer you can stand being uncomfortable, the more successful you're going to be. Yeah. That's so cool. So, with that, we're out of here. We'll catch you guys next week. Ciao.